Hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Woolen. Um, I'm on my own without Joachim or Mark or anybody else because I've been asked to do a promo for somebody else's podcast. It's a Cisco one, so that's all right. But we brought out a new podcast called Macro. And uh, this is their first episode. Uh, we thought you might like to have a listen to it. So have a listen and uh, let us know what you think. I have to say that growing up as an engineer, you always dream that in the future we'll actually will be building stuff that they will change people's lives. Um, and you know what? Um, I, I do. <laughs> can I get it from there? Hello, and welcome to a brand new podcast series from the innovation team at Cisco. My name is Matt Cooling, and over the course of this series, I'll be exploring some of the many ways that technology is changing the world we live in and changing it for the better. In this episode, we travel to Manchester, a city that's at the forefront of the movement towards creating smarter, more citizen-centric cities. We'll hear from the people and organizations involved in the groundbreaking CityVerb project and find out how business, government and academia have come together to develop solutions that transform Manchester into a city of the future, leading the way for towns and cities the world over. Mancunians say that there is no city in the world quite like Manchester. After CityVerve, I have to agree. With CityVerve, we didn't set out to make a smart city. We set out to make the smartest of all the cities in the world. My name is Nick Christos. I am the Director of Innovation for Europe, Middle East and Africa for Cisco. Three years ago, uh, we, the government, the UK government came out and asked for a city to come forward and uh, showcase what a smart city will look in the future. 34 cities applied and Manchester with Cisco as the partner um, came up with CityVerve. CityVerve was a proposal, according to the government, was actually the most ambitious, the most innovative, and at the same time, the most feasible of all the proposals. In 2015, Manchester was awarded the funding and CityVerve was born. A press release said that the CityVerve project had been declared a clear winner. The digital economy minister at the time, Ed Verze, described his delight at CityVerve being granted the funding. The project will bring real benefits to people who live and work across Manchester, he said. CityVerve kicked off officially in June 2016 with a unique structure and a long to-do list. The, the, the project was broken down into four major themes, uh, into transportation, into uh, healthcare, uh, health and social care, into energy and environment, but also into, uh, into the, the, the social kind of engagement, into the public realm, as we called it. And each theme provided plenty of opportunity for innovative applications of technology. Every use case that we put into the project um, had to have uh, a specific set of factors. It had to be something new, something that we haven't seen before. It had to be something that actually has the commercial model also within it. It cannot be something that is just uh, can be created out of funding. We must create the commercial model. We must find how people can buy it, how people can replicate it. That was a major difference between CityVerve and everything that we've done before. It was not just the technology. It was about the application of the, of the technology into a city. Uh, there are many innovations, many innovations through all these different themes. There are some of them that there are I think more innovative than others, like the you know the introduction of a battery outside a major building. We realized things that we 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 never thought before. 
the minute that you put a battery in front of a building, the whole uh, the whole building changes. Everything inside the building becomes from something that used to consume energy to what can we do to produce energy. Every bike in the gym now is a generator. Every gutter has a turbine that can produce energy while it rains. And in a place like Manchester, you know, with 200 days of rain a year, being able to produce energy out of rain is a, it's a, it's a hell of an innovation. But perhaps one of the most important aspects of the CityVerve project was the way that its use cases span the four key focus areas of health and social care, travel and transport, energy and environment, and culture and public realm. Part of the problem with previous smart city initiatives, and to be honest, innovation initiatives more generally, has been the siloed approach to innovation. CityVerve aimed to shake up that status quo. One example was the invention of a smart inhaler. We looked into COPD, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. This is the long-term emphysema. This is people who have breathing breathing problems. And it's one of the diseases that just, uh, you know, going to the GP and doing your, your routine checks doesn't help. You need to be able to manage your life. You need to be able to know where's the pollution hotspots in the city and avoid them. You need to avoid breathing attacks. According to the British Lung Foundation, COPD is growing in prevalence and affects more than 1.2 million people in the UK. The northwest of England is a COPD hotspot, with more than 2,400 diagnoses per 100,000 people, occurring between 2004 and 2012. Manchester is among the local authority districts with the highest relative risk of death from COPD in the UK. So we wanted to create technology that enables people to take control of their life. From the one side, we create a smart inhaler that if you don't shake it properly, it doesn't work. If you overdo it, if you overdose yourself, it calls your GP. Uh, if you want to take the bus, it tells you which route you need to take today based on the, on the pollution hotspots, uh, which, which route to take to, to, walk, uh, to work. These are all things that they are small kind of innovations, but when you put them together, they can really save lives. This is just one of the ways, but in healthcare and transport use cases, that CityVerve aimed to break down silos. And at the centre of this making it all possible? A revolutionary approach to data sharing. From the beginning when we put uh, CityVerve together, we looked into how do we connect the unconnected? How do we bring everything together? While we split the use cases between healthcare and transportation and energy, we always knew that the most powerful use cases, like the one that I just described, are the ones that they are mixing the themes uh, into one single use case. To do this, we need to connect the data together. We need to bring the different domains of data into one place. There is no, there, even today, there is no single product, single platform that is able to connect healthcare data and transport data and real-time uh, you know, sensors from parking sensors and, and air quality sensors all in a single place. So we thought we're going to create the platform of platforms. We're going to create a single system in the middle based on the HyperCAD catalog and we're going to bring all this data together, really breaking the silos, really connecting the unconnected. platform of platforms. It's not only what makes CityVerve different, it's also pretty vital to making CityVerve work. I jumped on a WebEx with Pete Rye, one of the architects of the platform and its developer portal. He told me about how the portal allows developers to access data streams from the city and build new applications. Hi, my name is Pete Rye. I am a principal engineer at Cisco and I have been um, involved with putting together what we call the platform of platforms along with some of our colleagues from British Telecom. So what we've been looking at is the concept of bringing 
large amounts of data from City Verve and from the wider city together into a single place and turn the city into a software platform and try and explore the idea of a programmable city. Um, we're quite used to cities, including Manchester and others, having data portals where they publish large amounts of data from the city. But generally, this data lives in lots of different formats, lots of different data containers. It can be hard to interpret, and it's certainly very hard to deal with interoperably between data sets. So we've tried to move beyond data portals to a developer portal. And whereas a data portal ends with publishing data, a developer portal ends with using data. So we've tried to take all the different data from the city and from City of Earth and put it into a very interoperable format, presented in a very consistent developer experience through a really consistent API and through sort of rock solid semantics about how it can be used. Key difference between our platforms and other platforms is we are rock solid focused on developers and not just on publishing data. That means that our principal concern is to make sure the data is as simple and possible to use for people coming to develop on the platform. To that end, you'll find nothing special. We've tried to do exactly what web developers would expect. It's a standard RESTful API using very, very rock solid semantics. All the different uh, ways that data is represented is published on the developer portal. You'll find samples and descriptions of every single data type on there. We really want people to go there, look at the different types of data we've got and kind of unleash the power that's hidden within it and find the kind of useful insights that are there. You'll find a whole range of data there from things like uh, crime, weather, accidents, historical things about Manchester, air quality, cycle data, uh, railways, schools, all sorts of data arranging, not just from City Verve, but across the city generally. We absolutely recognize that we're competing for minds here, and we know that people want to do clever things with uh, data, and what we're trying to do is make it as easy as possible to innovate on top of the data we have in Manchester. So it's a great platform for people to go to express themselves, to produce useful applications for citizens, to produce useful insights for the city itself. But it's not a free-for-all. We don't want to create a free-for-all. It's what we call access with control. It's key-based access. People have to ask for keys. In the process for asking for keys, they'll have to accept the terms and conditions, the fair use, the acceptable content. And that also means that they have to respect the concerns of the data owners that are put into those documents. So it's not a kind of a uh, anything goes model, but it is very much an easy to use model. One of the places you can see the data being used that we've got on the platform is in what we call the immersive wall in the Bright Building. Um, there you'll see a whole range of city data that's come together on the huge displays we have there and because it's city data it sits very well on the large map based views we have there. Yes, the immersive wall. Anyone who's been into the bright building in Manchester Science Park over the past year or so won't have been able to miss it. It's quite a sight, it's where the platform of platforms comes to life and there's perhaps no one who knows it's better than Miro. Today we are at the Bright Building in the Manchester Science Park, which is the home of My Idea. That is the Manchester uh, Cisco Innovation Centre. And also it is the HQ for CityVerve. My name is Mirafora Ioannidou and I am the head of demonstrations at the innovation team with Cisco. We are actually now standing at the common space of the building where people like to mingle, they like to have some lunch or run some informal meetings. And the reason why we're standing here is because this is also where we have the famous immersive wall. This wall consists of 15 
55 inch 4K touch screens. So it is the perfect place to be able to demonstrate the platform of platforms which is running uh, the City of Earth project. Right, let's hear about how this all works in practice. There are three different stages before being able to have a visualization piece for a local government where they can see all the data. Now the first thing that happens is that the local government needs to state exactly what the issues are, what type of data is it that they want to collect. They then find the developer that would go through it all, through the platform of platforms. They can cherry pick the data that they need and want. And after that collection has occurred, we can then go and find the designer that can design a custom made dashboard that will then present this data in a very user friendly manner. The reason why we do that is because as you can see through the developer platform that we are presenting now on the wall, to us it doesn't make much sense and you could even say it's a little bit overwhelming, but that's okay because we're not developers so we don't have to understand it. And that's exactly why it is very important to be able to then create a visualization piece that would work for anyone with any background. Now we can go and have a quick look at the, an example of the dashboard that we created just to show that possibility. So here we can see how uh, on the wall now we have a nice message saying welcome to Manchester but on the left hand side we can see the different types of data that we can go through. So starting off from air quality, we can then see city, roadworks, traffic, parking. The features could be hundreds of features that you could go through in a dashboard. They could expand from all four themes in the City Verve project. What Miro says is true. The amount of data being generated every day in a city like Manchester can be staggering, but it holds huge potential too. But one of the key things we wanted to do was rather than have lots of disparate use cases, we really wanted to bring it together under one banner so that we had something which was kind of more than the sum of its parts. So bringing everything together under one um, developer portal, pooling the data into a central place to encourage interoperability was really a key part of the project as specified right from the start. That does have challenges. Um, bringing data together into one place does mean that people have to um, you know, overcome some concerns they have about sharing data. There's going to be privacy implications. There's going to be challenges on intellectual property around data. But hopefully one of the things we're trying to demonstrate from the platform is there is mutual benefit in bringing this data together and making it interoperable. That there is kind of more value for all the players if we can do that. And really what we're trying to do with City Verbs is to shine a light on, on the opportunities that generates, but not be blind to the kind of challenges and the, uh, and, and the difficulties of doing that. Not the technical difficulties, but the business and ethical difficulties of doing that too. If we were to go to the air quality feature, suddenly we see a map expanding in front of us. We can actually really see where each air quality sensor is positioned within the city of Manchester. We could even zoom in, we could tap on the sensor to see the different data that it's collecting. Or if we just want high level, we could just click on the heat map and we can now see the different pollution within the city of Manchester. Where is it worse and where is it better through the different colors? 
if we go to the little statistics icon, we can uh, actually see uh, all the stats from these sensors that have collected the air quality. And uh, we can see that in a holistic manner for the city rather than specifically for each sensor. There's only one API. It's a simple structured API. We did a lot of investigation about IoT APIs and we tried to come up with the simplest way to access the data. So once you've implemented one simple API, you can range over a lot of different data in the city. And the key is that we really want people to generate useful applications. We started the ball rolling. You'll find lots of showcase applications there. Simple ones to start with because we don't want to steal anybody's thunder. But for the ones we put there, all the source code is freely available in GitHub. Uh, people have already started to produce some other neat applications. We've got some nice applications people are doing in the area of car parking, live car park information. We've seen some applications to do with locating crimes that are happening close to where you're, you're standing. We really want people to produce more useful applications for the citizens of Manchester. One of the data sets we have available, for instance, is the uh, data from the Mobike scheme, which has been put in place for Manchester. Whilst we chose not to put in individual cycle journeys for privacy uh, implications, we've got uh, great aggregate data about journeys being taken by cyclists around the city. And that would be a great data set for someone to use, overlap onto a map, overlap onto other things like weather and such like to see insightful and useful information for the cyclists of Manchester. The smart cities dashboards in the past, in the last five, six years, they were able to present um, data such as traffic, street lights, and some even also showed air quality. So this may not seem like a very great wow effect, what I've just shown you. But what makes it so amazing is that now I could just immediately change from looking into air quality and go and have a quick look at uh, the city as a whole. Maybe I want to know about the unemployment rate within my city and compare that with home ownership values. How about comparing it not only within the city but with the entire country as a whole. That will then help me to be able to understand, am I doing something wrong? Or maybe even, it's not that we've done something wrong, it's just we didn't have the information to be able to clearly see where the problem is, to then be able to find a solution to help our citizens to lead a better life and a better quality of life. And that's what it's all about. That's why we have the immersive wall here, because we can clearly present these different types of data, we can show the story of the power of having a nice visualization piece to support that understanding. Without seeing it, you can't understand it, which then means you can't apply the research to find the solutions. Working so closely on building the developer portal has given Peter unique insight into some of the data-driven discoveries being made and the solutions being created off the back of them. One of the existing pieces of research we've seen from the University of Manchester using the data on the platform is a firm link between weather and car park use in Manchester. So we have live car park information from Manchester, which tells us the occupancy and capacity of our car parks, and also live weather coming from uh, the meteorological office. This is an example where two different siloed use cases, which normally wouldn't come together, can be used interoperability using exactly the same API without having to sort of learn two different ways of accessing the data. One access model, many data sets, all working in concert. This interoperability has allowed for the creation of applications that straddle multiple themes within the CityVerve project and bring together partners from all sectors too. The University of Manchester, for instance, has worked closely with Clicks and Links, 
a startup specialising in mobile applications and virtual reality experiences. They're working together to get people in the city walking more. It's a great example of a solution that marries health and social care with environmental concerns and ties in with the city's travel and transport and cultural initiatives too. So the idea behind Be Active is it's an initiative to try and encourage the people of Manchester to start walking more and making the most of the opportunities they have for walking as opposed to using other modes of transport. I'm Charlotte Stockton-Powdrell and I work for the University of Manchester. So it's based very much around an app that our technology partner Clicks and Links have built for us and with us. And the app works by prompting people at particular times of the day to go outside for a walk. Um, and one of the really interesting things at the moment is that we've been able to link with some weather data that's able to provide some missions that are based on the weather. So, for example, we've had some glorious sunny weather recently, so people have been able to do some missions that are based around uh, sunny weather, spending time outside, exploring the local parks. And then if it's been a rainy day, which uh, unfortunately it is today, they've had the opportunity to do things like explore a local museum, which again just gets them out, out and about walking, um, increases their steps and lets them explore some local culture as well. The way Be Active works is uh, Clicks and Links do a lot of work using gamification. So they tend to create missions um, that players can choose to accept. And um, there's also a Games Master, which in this instance is me. And I create the missions through the Games Master interface. Gamification is the application of typical elements of game playing to other activities not usually associated with these principles. So scoring points, competing with other players, following a set of game rules, etc. In this case, we're applying it to walking. Be Active also applies something called nudge theory. That's the concept based in behavioural science that proposes positive reinforcement and indirect suggestions as a way to influence people's behaviour and decision making, usually for the better. In fact, the UK government was one of the first in the world to deploy a behavioural insights team to explore the ways in which nudge theory could, for instance, increase the success rates of ethnic minority applicants joining the police force, help people to take vital medications or even pay their taxes on time. The missions um, are really, it's another way of talking about walks. So missions can be things like um, asking people to perform a particular activity. So perhaps go and explore Piccadilly Gardens and take a photo of Queen Victoria. I didn't realise there was a statue of Queen Victoria in Piccadilly Gardens. Um, alternatively, people can be asked to complete a mission that has a set number of steps. So it could be complete a thousand steps during your lunch break. And alternatively, people can be asked to uh, walk a particular route or to a particular location. And once they get there, they'll receive a notification that congratulates them for successfully completing the mission. They receive some points and then they're able to use those points to go up levels in a gaming sense. Getting people on their feet and moving is something that organisations have been trying to achieve for years. But Be Active takes a slightly different approach to the usual. This is, this is quite different from the traditional health apps that are out there and from the more traditional public health campaigns that have tended to focus on a kind of stick approach. This is more of a carrot approach, encouraging people to walk more. And of course, we know that's better for people's cardiovascular health, for their overall health and fitness, and for their uh, mental health and well-being as well. So um, it's the, the idea is that by being more physically active, just as part of their daily routine, then people are going to become happier, healthier, and, and more productive at work as well. And just like everything in CityVerb, the platform of platforms forms a key part of BeActive's functionality and how it relates to the other use cases within the project. 
So I think the particularly novel part of Be Active is, is where it links with the other Internet of Things data sources. So I talked a little bit about the weather. Um, ideally, we'd have, we'd have liked to link more with some location data or some transport data. And I think that's something we'd work towards in the future. But certainly for now, um, the, uh, the, the information about the weather prompts people when there's a, a particular type of mission that they're able to complete based on the weather. Um, that information is then exposed to the BT Data Hub and subsequently the BT Data Hub exposes that information or makes it available to the platform of platforms. So some of the information that people can access is the number of steps people have completed on a daily basis, um, how many users have interacted with the Be Active app, how many people have used the app recently, um, and also which types of missions people have accepted and which of those missions people have completed. The interesting thing about that is it lets us know what types of missions or activities people are interested in and we can try and provide more missions that are on a similar vein to try and encourage people to, to be more active. And I think also we can look at how that information can potentially be used to feed into the walking infrastructure, which is obviously very important for, for Manchester in particular at the moment. And that links us quite nicely with uh, the relationship we have with TFGM and some of the work they're doing with, uh, with the walking team at the moment and improving walking infrastructure. One of the things we're looking at is working together to try and um, work together with our walking initiatives and also looking at things like trying to direct people towards uh, perhaps less polluted walking areas using the air quality air pollution sensors and looking at ways that that can help perhaps direct people towards healthier walking routes. Um, and also there's a potential link there with the COPD use case because obviously people with respiratory disease are at, at greater risk of being exposed to pollutants. So again, if we can try and encourage them to less polluted walking routes, that's going to be better for them and is ultimately going to improve their well-being because they're going to be able to, to walk more and improve their physical activity. Be Active is just one use case within the City of Project that encourages people to get out and discover the City of Manchester. Sparta Digital, another of the SMEs involved in City Verve, developed a brand new walking tour of Manchester that uses augmented reality experiences in the Buzzing app to shine a light on innovations from the city's past, present and future. Cisco's Vicky de Blase took the tour for herself on a recent episode of CityCast, the Smart Cities podcast from City Verve. So I am on the streets of Manchester today. I'm joined by Louis from Sparta Digital and we are undertaking a walking tour with a difference because our tour guides today are virtual and access to our smartphones. Uh, so Louis, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about uh, how uh, this walking tour works. So the app's called Buzzing App. It's free to download on all Apple and Android devices. The feature within the app is called the City of First and it's basically um, an augmented reality guided walking tour. So it takes you around different uh, locations around Manchester city centre and specifically the Oxford Road corridor and it, it shows you different locations of where pioneering activities have taken place. So what you do is you just download the app, you select the uh, City of First feature on the home page and you'll be shown a map and on the map it will show you each location of uh, historic pioneering significance or significance now. Okay, great. So why don't we have a little walk and see what we can find. So, Louis, what's going to be the first stop on our tour? Okay, so the first stop on the tour is uh, Manchester Central Library. So we'll walk to the location. Once we get to the location um, on the map, a button will appear saying AR View. 
you select the button and your augmented reality camera will open. You'll turn your camera 360 and you'll find one of the uh, virtual City Verve plaques floating in the air. You click on the plaque. Shh. This iconic library has played a huge part in Manchester's rich history of firsts. Did you know that Manchester was the first council to establish a rate-supported library, lending its first books way back in 1852? Yeah, so you click on the plaque, um, a hologram of a, a person appears and it explains to you what pioneering thing happened in, in this location. So have you just heard it said that the uh, library was, the Manchester Central Library is actually the first library that rented out books to the public. So as you can see, hopefully listeners can, can hear that the great thing about this is that you can kind of engage with it as, as you fit, as you walk around, you can jump in at different points of interest and I would really recommend people download it and have a look for themselves because actually seeing the augmented reality stuff in action is very very cool. Yeah so it is actually free to download and as just been mentioned you do, it's not a set tour you can literally go to whichever stop is closest to you and find out what uh, historic thing happens. So shall we go to our next stop which is the uh, Midland Hotel? Yep sounds good let's go. As it happens, the walking tour stops that Vicky and Louis were visiting in that clip are just a stone's throw from Manchester's iconic town hall and city council buildings. The city council, of course, has played a major role in City Verve as lead partner in the project, and the work being done to make the city a smarter place to be has already had a big impact on the council and its operations. Hi, I'm Mark Duncan. I'm the strategic lead for resources and programmes at Manchester City Council and I've been the lead on City Verve for the last two years. We're sat here today in the Town Hall Complex in Manchester City Centre in one of our meeting rooms. And it's actually one of the rooms where we've got one of our IoT sensors that is monitoring the atmosphere and the room occupancy and feeding data into the project. The experience of working on City Verve has directly informed the development of a new digital strategy for Manchester where we are taking the learnings and the experience and the lessons and the expertise that we've gathered over the last two years to inform a brand new comprehensive digital strategy that will inform how we manage data, how we um, install and maintain devices, how we engage with the private sector, how we get the best out of our relationships with the private sector on all matters related to digital. From a City Council perspective, the main learnings around City Verve have been realising the potential value of IoT in improving services and experiences for people who live, work and visit the city. And overall, I think the main learning for us as a local authority has been the importance of strong partnership working approaches and maintaining effective working relationships with our public and private partners. Some key examples of what can come out of these new working relationships have come from the transport sector, along with use cases that function across the core City Verve themes. Transport for Greater Manchester's Sam Lee explains. Yeah, so I'm actually sitting in uh, Manchester Piccadilly Station, one of the busiest northern hubs into the cities, and um, one of the really interesting things is that this place brings people together, kind of like how TFGM has brought together SMEs, academic partners, commercial businesses to solve real transport challenges by creating new innovative solutions, but at the same time joining data up. So it's not just about internet things, it's about collaboration of different partners, collaboration of 
technologies and use cases. And in fact, the City of Earth project has allowed people to start thinking about transport and mobility in an entirely new way. So with the City of Earth use cases, we're, we're collating all the data insight into a centralized data platform, the BT platform. Um, and we got examples for data from Mobike in terms of the dockless cycle sharing scheme and also from CSense in terms of uh, the, the smart lights that are capturing insight from cyclists to help us better understand and transform how we provide transport provision. However, for TFGM, we want to break out the silos that mobility is just about transport. You know, there's a number of other themes within CityVerb on energy and environment and health and social care that we want to get additional value from and link into the whole holistic experience. For a customer, you know, it's the whole city journey. Um, so this is where Platform or Platform comes in. It enables us to link uh, some of the data sets that we have in the transportation use case to some of the health use case, such as the Be Active app, where we're trying to understand the nudges and how people are moving around the city. Uh, there is a component linking potentially to COPD of how air quality has direct correlation and how we can link the two up to transform city services, not just for mobility, but for everybody. There's a strong argument to suggest that these new ways of thinking are a direct result of a more collaborative, consortium-led approach to innovation. Yeah, so one of the main advantages actually for TFGM working with such a big consortium of diverse partner is this relationship building component. It's allowed us to create new connections with partners which historically we would not have. And we're now exploring new exciting opportunities to transform city services, not on just the mobility side, but a real joined up thinking approach to designing a better city. As well as introducing lots of new technological solutions, CityVerve has also given the partners the opportunity to try out this approach and discover new ways of working with organisations from across different sectors. And of course, data and an open approach to innovating on it remains at the heart of this joined up collaborative approach to innovation and it'll be a key component for the city's plans moving forward. Here's Mark from the council again. Using data to join the dots between our services and help design better services and solutions is something that we are going to continue to explore after the end of the project as we continue to collect data and analyse the data. To date though, it's supported the development of a total of 11 new use cases which are over and above the 15 core use cases that we delivered within the project. That's eight within our open innovation programme which access direct data from the Cisco platform of platforms to deliver eight new innovative use cases that weren't in the original proposal. And also a further three use cases within the City Council's digital transformation pilots, which whilst not using data from the platform, all three of those are adding valuable data to the data platform, which will help design and influence services in the future. And, needless to say, the platform of platforms is going to be a pretty significant offering for Cisco in the not-too-distant future too. Nick Chrysos is on hand to explain. When, when we're looking into the last, the last two years of uh, working in Cityverve, we, we really are now coming to the end uh, looking into what is going to be the legacy of this project. What, what exactly is going to happen after the end of the project? Is it going to produce a blueprint that we're going to replicate in every city? Is it going to, is it going to be just a nice story? Is it going to be a, a nice story that people will tell about how we try to, to make the center of Manchester really, really smart? Is it going to produce products? Are we going to make some amazing products that they really created out of Cityverve? Um, if you ask me, I, I will tell you all of that. 
um, we we want to have an amazing story. We will create the amazing blueprint, and I have to tell you, we will have some amazing project products out of this project. If anything, for Cisco, uh, the platform of platforms, uh, I hope and and I'm sure it will be the case. Uh, you will see this this product as as part of our of our Cisco portfolio in the future, in one form or another. The whole idea of a smart cities platform that connects everything together, it's something that uh, that is part of our long-term strategy. So that's City Verve. Or just about as much of it as we could fit into a single podcast episode. Truly, it's been a project on a massive scale, and we've barely scratched the surface of what's been achieved in the past two years. If you want to find out more, then head over to cityverve.org.uk. And for more from myself and the Cisco Innovation team, stay tuned. We'll be bringing you plenty more in this series, so make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. We'll be digging into more of the amazing work being done by our teams and partners around the world, and finding out more about how Cisco's unique collaborative approach to innovation is being deployed to tackle some of the world's biggest problems. So, until next time. So that was it. I hope you liked it. That was the first episode of the Macro Podcast, all about smart cities. Now, I'd like to think it was an original podcast, but we actually did this one about two years ago. So if you really want to know what's going on, I'd listen to that one if I was you. But no, only kidding. Um, and if you like that podcast, then why don't you subscribe? You can find it wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks for listening.